Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is the fourth episode of Concerned Dabs podcast. I am your host, KDM Kane. With me is my co-host, Will Terps. All right, so today's episode is about solventless extraction. So last week we talked about solvent extraction used with chemical solvents, and this week we're talking about solventless extraction with no chemical solvents used. Um, our guest this evening is AO. He's a private contractor for Left Coast Farms, is it, Will? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have him on in like five or ten. We just want to do a quick intro from me and Will. Um, so, Will, you're still out there on the East Coast, yeah? Yep. Still still on the East Coast. Hopefully heading back in the next week or two if the, the shop's ready. So Nice. Nice. Some Horizon. Yeah, so did you get to do anything fun this week? I just played some golf and hung out, you know, didn't do much. Enjoying the last few days of my vacation, hopefully really ready to get back to work, so. Yeah, Yeah. that's tight, man. I I didn't do much, I just went to work, um, rigged up a green screen behind us so we can run some logos and sponsorship space behind us or something like that. Absolutely. Uh, so before we start interviewing Anthony on the last episode, Will, you said that you would prefer, if you could afford it, solventless extraction all the time. Yeah, most definitely. And is that just based on um, effects and flavor, or would you say it's a little bit of safety too? Uh, I'd say it's a little bit of both. Um, definitely with the safety, um, you know, even though a lot of the uh, solvent extractors are able to purge out a lot of the, um, like the butane and the isopentane and all that sort of stuff, um, <clears throat> there's a higher threshold for um, the amount of PPM they they allow in, in solvent extracts. And so I definitely think it's safer in that realm. Um and then, yeah, I just think the the high is way more full spectrum. Um, it's it's you know more of a a full body effect, and um, yeah, I just feel like it's it's a, a lot more effective for a for a wider variety of ailments. Yeah, so it uh to me it tastes closer to flour too when I dab that shit. You know what I mean? Definitely, it's it's more true to flour for sure. Um, yeah. It feels like a lot of the the flavor and taste made it through. Definitely. Um. So, I guess we can just. If are you ready over there, Anthony? Are you ready to jump on? He's a thumbs up, Mitchell. Are you ready to bring him on to the live stream? Okay. So we are ready. I'm gonna wait till I can see him on the screen on the YouTube, and then we'll we'll start talking. I guess. Maybe you can give us, he's on now. Okay, so with us now, folks, live in the flesh, we have AO. I have a couple of cookie cutter questions, and I know Will has some questions, and then we just want to leave it open to you to preach the gospel, brother. So uh, my first cookie cutter question is, can you state your name, um, the state that you operate in, the company that you work with or for, and whether you're recreational or medical. Yeah, so 
name's name's Anthony O'Bannon. I'm located here in Salem, Oregon. Um, I'm contributed with Left Coast Farms. That's who I wash for and process hash for. Um, and it is all recreational, um, but all the recreational shops out here definitely cater to medical as well. So everyone gets a, you know, a sample or a taste of the solventless, which is awesome. Starting to spread more. And that's what our focus is, is trying to get, you know, uh, the community more knowing of solventless. No one is really educated on it, you know, so it's up to us to do that. So. Yeah, dude, that's we really appreciate you showing on the showing up for the the podcast because it is uh we're trying to keep it informational and oh, teach dude, folks, you know. That's the most important thing is the education, you know, in the industry, and you know that's what we're here for, you know, to our best ability, you know. No doubt. Okay, so always learning more too. Yeah, man, the process gets better as you go on. Indeed. So how did you get into this part of the industry? Like, did you start out doing this originally? Were you a farmer at first or? So basically, I started doing flower rosin, I'd say, probably about five years ago um, when, you know, everything started. Um, And then from there, we had our own company and medical OMMP out here in Oregon. Um, and we, we got our stuff in the shops, very few shops. Um, and then all the laws changed, you know, uh, you know, recreational came about the, you know, the new licensing you needed. So it was one of those things where, um, we just kind of settled me and my partner and just, uh, parted ways as far as that, because, you know, we already had invested so much into the company already and uh, getting a warehouse and everything was, you know, just wasn't what we were looking to do because we were still small batch and small time. You know, my one of my close friends would grow, you know, medically and we would uh, process for them, you know, in different growers in Oregon, which is awesome, you know, and then from there. I just got more into hash. I've always loved hash, um, full melt, of course. Uh, and it's just a rarity in Oregon. It has, you know, even Will knows for so long, we weren't able to really have it unless, you know, you manifest it and you, you know, grow the heads or get the material to make your own hash. Uh, and that's what I did. I started out with, you know, some real shitty material, you know, uh, and just, you know, got a bat. I had the bags in a machine, small bubble magic, you know. And then from then on, uh, you know, I was using a cardboard to dry on it. And it, the stuff was green. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, you know, so I've definitely, uh, you know, hash, you take a lot of losses in. But it's not about the losses. You know, what you get back is so special. Um, you know, the medicine of it. <clears throat> so yields were never a thing. So then I started just growing personally um and close friends of mine grow personally and i would just you know wash their material or for myself i would freeze my plants and just make head stash to share with my friends you know um and then from then on uh one a grower left from left coast josh he reached out to me because i do work full-time at a dispensary here in salem truth dispensary uh off lancaster drive nice Uh, yeah, so it's awesome being able to make the hash 
and have it on the shelf to educate educate the consumers on what's really going on, you know, behind the product, not just a product sitting on there with no information behind it, you know? I agree, dude. I agree. Absolutely. So Josh, you know, asked me if I wanted to be a part of that. And I told him I was already pretty, you know, strapped for work. But that's my like my passion is to wash hash for a living. I want to do it full time. You know, I'm just waiting for the right um you know outlet until then you know but i do enjoy work being a bud tender uh and educating the people i take you know true passion in it and helping helping the community and those uh in need you know because we all have a need for the plant you know i agree i agree so I, I took that on and uh i do it one or two days a week sometimes i sacrifice a day out of my weekend um to go you know, watch the harvest and it's just, it's awesome. And I look forward to it. It's uh, something I definitely want to get into full time in the future. You know, uh, he is, he is a more smaller scale uh, micro tier grow, but that's where the quality is. You know, I feel like stands behind that too. Um, but he grows some great resin. Nice man. Okay. So uh, it's dope that you were talking about, in the beginning, how the hash was green. I remember when my cousin got one of those machines and the, <laughs> motor, the motor broke after like 10 hours. So we went and got another <laughs> one and then that one broke after 10 hours. So then we just started using a power drill yep. and just, you know, plug that into the wall. And it felt like, yeah, we're making hash, but it, dude, it was super green, bro. Almost every single time. And it's like, we'll smoke this but it's like we we can't really turn this into loot any kind of way because people are just be like what the fuck it's green exactly you know <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah so I, that's dope that you mentioned that bro because that was uh i mean we never really stuck with it too far we open blasted in the backyard for a few yeah. times too and well what was, just, what was the I was gonna say, what was the quality of that material, Kane? That that you washed first was it was it like older material? Is that it why? Was, it yeah, yeah, out? yeah. It was dry yeah. and it was trim. It wasn't yeah. you know nugs or anything. So we were just yeah, trying to stretch here. stretch whatever we had laying around, you know. Totally. Yeah. Um, my next uh, cookie cutter question is: What parts of your process do you feel are the most important, and why? Well, first of all, I think uh, <clears throat> getting the material in a orderly fashion, you know, as far as into the freezer, right from the harvest, you know, bucked and straight into the freezer. Uh, from there, you know, definitely, I think it's crucial having your ice and water, you know, below, you know, 30 uh, before even letting the heads, you know, soak and sit in there with the ice and water. Uh, but you know, I think the most versatile thing with a hash would be, you know, just the care for it when you're in the process of washing it, not letting things sit, you yes. know, get, getting right to it. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that's just the most crucial. I think the, you know, the fresh frozen is the most important to me. Um I don't have nothing wrong with dry material washing it. I just, the rosin, if you're, you know, you're growing the resin for rosin, it just, with the aged or cured material as to a hydrocarbon extract, it doesn't, you know, hold that color or, uh, 
the potency or flavor that it should as it does in a full flex with the live rosin, you know, Dope. fresh frozen whole plant, you know. Is there a certain like time limit after you freeze it? So you lop down the plants and throw it in the freezer. Do you want to process it as soon? Like, is there a temp you want to get it to? Or do you, you don't want to wait more than two days or something like that? Yeah, ba basically we're washing it within you know as soon as we can you want to give it at least a good 72 hours i'd say but you know we we try to get to it within that week you know yeah. i think very very crucial i mean i've washed stuff that sat in the freezer a little longer i felt like it uh held a little more of a a plant plant taste more green fresh like a fresh uh, earthy taste rather yeah. than more of the terpenes you know uh exposing themselves more in a, a you know getting right to it it's crucial that's like the most important thing when you're working with you know um live heads you know okay um i'm gonna go back to the top of my sheet we had uh, a bunch of questions i was gonna shoot at will just in case we couldn't get a hold of you yeah yeah um it's just like, say, I'll, I'll pretend that I am a new patient and you're at work, okay? And right on. I, re I read an article and I came in and I asked you, what is solventless extraction? I've been reading about that. What is that? Well, solventless extraction is a uh, non-hydrocarbon, non-solvent-based extract, um, only performed with ice and water. Um, heat and pressure as well if you're going to be you know refining the resin itself as far as the heads um basically you know it's the most cleanest i mean the most cleanest organic you know product i feel that you can make in with the plant or out of the plant you know as far as um being that special or rarity of a plant or a, of a extract yeah, I agree. Definitely. Um, and and I feel it has a much more medicinal value for the patient as far as uh, more of a whole body. You know, uh, I feel hydrocarbons, you know, they're great and all. They definitely hold their flavor. Um, as far as potency, I feel like I get more of a, you know, a cerebral high more than a, a, a full bit body more monotone. High. Yeah, it's it's. You know, I feel like uh, hydrocarbons, BHO is more of like a like coffee to me, you know, as far as if I were to dab it, it, you know, it uplifts me, even if it's an indica. I mean, it holds a very strong head high, which, you know, I, I do enjoy. But as far as if my most preferred way of consumption is definitely going to be um, just the rosin itself um, in its pure form, you know. Yeah. Because it just... I have anxiety and that stuff really just, you know, coats the whole body. Um, Me too, dude. Anxiety sucks. It's like, it's like yeah. overwhel it, it overwhelms you, you know, and that's what I like about it, you know? Yeah. Okay, so next question. What is Keef? Well, Keef is going to be a different process where they use dry ice rather than regular ice uh you still use this you know the same set of bags you know uh, as far as microns go uh but basically 
Keef, I would say more you would do with the dried material every time. So you'd be just extracting, you know, the trichomes um, throughout the bags the same way as water hash. But I feel, um, you know, water hash, you're definitely streaming out, you know, a lot of the chlorophyll more, even though you're using the same bags with the dry material. I feel uh, the keef, it just holds a lot of, uh, you know, chlorophyll and plant matter still. Uh, you know, I've tried extracting keef, you know, just for experimental purposes, and it was not good at all. You know, I feel like keef is just keef, and it sh should be topped on a bowl or rolled in a joint, you know, the yeah. old-fashioned way, you know. But I've never had good, you know, trim bin sift keef. I've, you know, I've seen some all right rosin from that, but personally, nothing's better than the ice, you know, water hash, personally. Right on, it dude. So the next question, what is bubble hash? Well, bubble hash is going to be uh, ice water extraction. Um, nowadays, you know, we use things called freeze dryers. You know, it's more of like a, it's definitely a production, you know, yeah. with, the, with the freeze dryer. It makes things a lot easier, even though we all know the process is backbreaking. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, dude. <laughs> but, you know, we do it that, for the love, you know. That's, that's why it costs more. And that's people are like, why is that more? I'm like, because guys had to do work to make this. They didn't just stuff a column and run butane through it and purge it at the end. Like, the process is way deeper with more steps, you know? So many, so many hands see the product before it's to the shelf, you know, in a more sense, you know, it's, it's special, definitely. And I feel like that's where it holds its value and to what it is, you know, um, I, you know, I tell my patients or customers when I'm explaining it after explaining, you know, the, <clears throat> the medicinal value, I like to explain that, you know, a quarter ounce of top shelf flour that was used in all sense with a fresh frozen product uh a quarter ounce is going to be 96 dollars you know for top shelf the same flour that's being extracted you know so there's no way we could get a gram of live rosin from a quarter ounce of flour fresh frozen you know and and that's where i like to present that because it's that much more special you know um and and it and it shows the value more you know in a I sense. agree. And, that, and, and it's not on the, you know, selling the product at that point. It's just more educating what it takes to get, you know, what this takes to get this product, you know? Yeah, man. And, and, it's, and it's a great option because people like that. They understand more, you know, when you explain that in a, in a solventless way, you know? I agree. I agree. Is there anything you'd like to add, Will? Uh, yeah. Just at a, kind of branching off that a question um i was wondering if you if there's a way to uh to tell like when you're washing new strains is there a way to tell um if uh a certain you know before you you put it in the bubble bag is there a way to tell if there's uh, a certain strain is going to wash better than another uh i remember talking to cam pua extractions a while ago and he, uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he told me there's this trick that, that he used on a lot of the strains he grew where um, if he would like rub the, the bud between his fingers and if, you know, if the trichomes would stretch and pull between his, uh, his fingers, uh, he usually 
denoted that that you know that wouldn't wash well because it would be too goopy in the bags or whatever. And then he he showed me another strain that was kind of felt brittle in between my fingers. Um, and he, he usually you know um, <clears throat> denoted that as something that would wash better. But uh, basically, my question is to simplify it. Um, is there a way to tell um, if a strain is going to wash better than another strain, or is it just down to like doing test washes and, and small batches to see how it turns out? Well, you know, there is definitely, you know, some, uh, you know, some tips and, you know, tricks as far as before washing it. I feel like looking at the fresh frozen material, you can really see the head, you know, the heads and if they're more bulbous or not. Um not just that, for me in the hash itself, if I take the hash and I rub it in my fingers, you know, like a 70 or 90U, and it's not grainy as far as within the fingers, then I definitely feel <clears throat> if it's greasy, then it's not as, it's not going to be good in the rosin or it's not going to do, perform well at the end as far as checking all boxes for being a, you know, a winner. Um, but when it's more grainy and it's, you know, like sand, then I definitely say those are the ones you want, you know, cause those are more, uh, they're more solid heads, you know, they don't burst because I've washed a lot of sativas, um, like Durban poison and tangy and lemon heads, you know, that just, I mean, there's heads bursted in my washer, you know, because they couldn't handle the you know, I mean, the the wash itself, they're not meant for ice water extraction, you know. Um, totally. Or they're not meant for the isolation. They're more of a hydrocarbon, you know. And I feel most sativas are that way. Um, whenever Very I... Very good info, dude. Very I, good info. Thank you, brother. Whenever I do the, you know, the with the rosin, you know, it's the same thing. Any lemon or tangy, you know, citrusy strains, they always require more heat on the press for some reason and then they always butter out and then the the yields usually don't aren't much you know so for like a head stash i'd say yeah by all means but at the end of the day we all want to make it worth our while for growing the resin and you know manifesting a a run you know in a crop and a harvest you know i agree dude so I, I personally i personally try to just stick to the indicas you know at the end of the day, you know, of course, everything's a hybrid nowadays, but, you know, indica hybrids are great. I mean, there are some sativas out there that I've heard are great, like 24K um, and, and Tangy, certain cuts. But, yeah, that's what I have to say on that one. Dope, dude. Very dope. Yes. That was a good question, too, Will. Yeah. That, I mean, because that's a little bit of correlation that I see too is it's usually indica type strains. You know what I mean? It's some 98 Bubba. Yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't seen like any Obama Kush yet, but if I did, I'd probably snatch that up. Cause that was one of my favorite strains in flower. Um, yeah. yeah. And just with the yields, you, you know, you're getting the, <laughs> the really low yields with, with uh, ice water hash. A lot of the times, you know, you can't really, you know, it's not really worth it to to go into a like full room or half room of washing, at least in my experience, if you don't know how that strain's going to wash. You know, maybe if you have a yeah. test room, you know, how to, uh, you know, to, to 
you know, mess around with. But um, as far as production runs, you know, if you, you went into it thinking, oh, let me just wash this half room of, of a strain I've never uh, I've never, you know, uh, washed before. It's, it's not always going to be the best financial uh, you can decision. Take a big loss. Definitely. Yeah. And that's very true. Will. um, you know, when like pheno hunting for, you know, um, like pheno hunting, uh, when you're doing small batches, you know, you definitely don't want, you know, rely on a strain you don't know about, you know, it's very key before you run a whole room or a half room of something, you want to know that, that it's going to give you what you want, you know, at the end of the day, as far as yield and, um, quality goes, you know, definitely. Okay, Anthony, my next cookie cutter question, as if I am the patient, is what is rosin? <clears throat> oh, I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing. No, but uh, rosin is uh, basically it's a extraction by heat, you know, low heat and high pressure, uh, depending whether it's uh, ice wax, ice water hash. Uh, you definitely want to have less pressure. Um, you don't need much when you have a greasier product, higher grade. Um, with the flowers, definitely, I don't press flowers, you know, much at all anymore. But uh, to, for those that do, I definitely record, you know, definitely say it requires more of a, uh, you know, a higher pressure at that point. Um, temperatures, you know, definitely are a variance as far as uh, um flour and hash you always you definitely i feel like a little lower with the hash definitely by you know 30 20 to 30 degrees um i will say rosin is um basically you're refining what either the flour has to offer as far as the resin the trichomes you know the terpenes the cannabinoids um basically you want rosin is a full extraction to extract the trichomes and THC. Um, when you're doing it with the hash, basically you're just refining that hash because we all know bubble hash is already an extraction in itself. So you're basically extracting an extract, you know, refining it. That's what I like to say is you're refining a product, you know, a concentrate into something better so and more dabbable. So flower rosin is when you smash flowers between two plates under yep. under heat, right? Yep. I have you know, you got a ten ton or five ton press, you know, uh shop plates, you know, power plates. Shout out to power plates. Uh out in Washington. That's who I like to run. I think he does great work, uh, and his plates work great. You know, it's real simple and easy to use, not too much, you know, to it. No <laughs> doubt. Just having a high quality product, that's all you need, you know, really at the end of the day. Same with hash, you know, of course there's tech to the hash, but at the end of the day, the resin, as long as your resin's good, you're going to have good hash, you know, that's why it's always credit to the farmer. You know, I like to give thanks every time I wash um, for somebody that, you know, cultivated some good resin and cared and put the TLC and time and effort into it. You know, it really means a lot when... I'm washing it, you know. Yeah, dude, I can totally. See the care. I can see the care in the resin that they put in when I'm washing, and that's what makes it really special to me, you know. Yeah. So when making rosin, if it's not flower rosin, do guys usually use keef, like that was from dried material, or do they use some washed material like 
like that you produce? Yeah, so we use, I mean, you can use either, but we use the ice water hash. Uh, we like to, we don't use the 45U, 25U as far as keeping the hash, the 150. We keep only the 119 to 70U, you know. We like to keep the main three bags, you know, which are the most important, I feel like. Um, and then we put those into, you know, uh bags you know uh micron bags and then we refine it from that into the plates under parchment paper nice so do you guys does it come out looking like a puck or do you guys just scrape the stuff that oozes out of the ends or something well you know there's something called a directional flow so the directional flow make it flow by folding it a certain way um, and put it straight into a jar if you'd like or you could just collect it um a lot of people have different you know uh likings to different consistencies and that's the best thing about rosin uh you know you have your you know you have your coins right um, yeah you, have, you got your bat you got your batter you got your wet batter you know uh you got your sauce you got your rosin jam you know and you know the sauce is going to be the same thing as a, a hydrocarbon extract just done solventless uh, by using heat and pressure in that jar um, to form, you know, THCA crystals um, and separation throughout the terpenes and the, you know, the diamonds itself. So it's a beautiful thing. And my buddy Bear Rosin, actually, who I am partnered with and work with at, uh, not partnered with, my apologies, but uh, work with, and he does all the rosin. Um, so I make the hash and then he makes the rosin and Josh grows the resin. So it's, a definitely a team effort, uh, but, uh, bear has definitely changed the game as far as, you know, uh, making the, the rosin jam and the sauces and, you know, creating a formation in a jar through a solventless product. I, I never thought, you know, there would be any further from the rosin itself. And then once I found the sauce, it like, it just opened everything up even more. Like there's, there's, you know, there's advancing in this still, even though I thought we were already at the future, you know? Yeah. So you got all kinds of uh, cool experimental stuff going on too. It sounds like, man. And it's fun, man. You know, I love what I do for a living. You know, I love the industry. I love Oregon. Um, it's a beautiful thing. You know, I met Will through in this industry in Salem, you know, and we wouldn't be friends unless it was through cannabis. So I always give thanks, you know, for that. So Will's a great guy. Really. Same here, man. Same here. That's how I met Will. We used to work oh, yeah. at Natural Wonders together. And I'm like, this guy's pretty sharp, man. <laughs> no, he is. He's yeah. well-educated, man, and, and has yeah. a passion for it. You know, it shows. So yeah. That, so uh i I guess we kind of touched on this a little bit but i want to throw it out there just like i'm the patient you know and i'm asking you a question um can you explain why a gram of solventless costs more than a gram of bho totally so basically the reason why rosin costs more than bho is because it's a more purified product. You know, you're taking just the trichomes from the plant 
which that's all what you know we all want at the end of the day and then we're refining that product which is already in a good state in its raw natural form you know as far as medicinal value goes but then we're taking it to the next level and refining it into an even better higher grade of an extract and i just feel like uh the medicinal values are what is worth you know that extra dollar you know or extra cash for that product um I will definitely say um, the labor behind it, you know, the yields you're sacrificing by taking a lower yield. Um, that's a huge thing. You know, we, regardless of the yield, we have to take it and we have to strive, you know, um, like I said, small batch, you know, um, mostly all hashes, small batch, unless you're on a huge scale as far as production goes, you know? So um, I just feel like it's, you know, it's like your Benihana of extracts, you know what I mean? It's the creme de la creme. I mean, I don't think there's anything better at the end of the day, you know? Um, but that's my take on why I think it's a lot more. And I can definitely say this, guys. I can dab, I can dab three grams of live resin, BHO, hydrocarbon, to one, to one gram of my rosin. So the medicinal value show I'm dabbing this, you know, I'm dabbing a lot less, but I'm getting more, you know, I'm getting more effects and benefits from the rosin than I do a hydrocarbon extract. I agree. So would you say that, uh, like hydro hydrocarbon extracts, like solvent used extracts, um, kind of bind to more just the, the THC and certain terpenes more than others. and like like the hash rosin or whatever is yeah. uh, letting more stuff through that the the butane is not correct so i feel and i don't know exactly i'm you know i i don't know what the facts are or but i definitely believe that when you take that solvent and put it through excuse me through that material i feel that you are stripping some of the cannabinoids um, not the terpenes for fact, but I definitely feel you're losing some effects in making that hydrocarbon to where when you're making hash, you're not changing anything. You're keeping it in the raw state that it was in and only keeping what's what we want, you know, from that plant, which yeah. is the, which is the trichomes, you know. Definitely. And uh, also too with the 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 price difference, I just want to comment on too. Uh, yeah. You know, with uh, ice water hash, you have a lot less of a yield too. You know, with yeah. BHO, uh, you know, uh, the average yield I'd say for for most of what uh, people are extracting in the market is probably nineteen to twenty eight percent. At you know, at a you know twenty eight percent being the higher threshold. Uh, yeah. And then ice water hash, I'm not too sure on the numbers, but I think it's, you know, if you have a good run, you're anywhere from like seven to 10%, depending on strain. Uh, and really? then, you know, when you, when you uh, press out that hash into rosin too, that's even, you know, more of a, you know, getting less even then, you know, probably about 90%. So, right. Um, and that's yeah, what that, I that also plays into the, um, the costs I feel a lot too, you know, just a, you get a lot less. Um, you know, when you throw in the same amount versus like solvent extractions versus, you know, uh, solventless. Exactly. And that's, that's why I wanted to touch on too, with the, the BHO, it's a lot more 
cost effective as far as affordable um, because of the yields. You know, if we if yep. if us if us hash makers um, could receive those yields, we would be jumping up and down. You know, as far as being able to give the community a better price. But Definitely. I will say and be competitive will, with BHO. You know, but I will say with more companies popping up, which is awesome in the community and the industry out here in Oregon, I will say there's a lot of competition and that makes for better pricing for, you know, the consumer, the patient. Uh, I think it's awesome. I can sell or at our shop, I can sell a gram of live rosin from left coast farms, you know, washed by me done by bear on a Saturday or Wednesday for $48 out the door. That's a pretty that's good awesome. price. Yeah, I mean, that's that, for sure. I paid, I paid 90, to, I, I paid 90 to 120. I mean, a year ago or, you know, and, prior to that you know will for something that i've always wanted and like i said that's the whole reason why i started making hash not only do i have a passion for the plant um and the healing of it but it's more i want to manifest something that i want you know and uh take the time and effort to get that you know and that's just why i started making hash because it wasn't around and it wasn't you know enhanced reach it was a it was a mission to get a gram of hash you know and Will would always make sure I was taken care of as far as, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, whether it was just one or two, you know, here and there, it was just like, oh, it's just amazing, you know? <laughs> like, and Pua, and Pua, you know, Pua being, you know, someone I looked up, look up to and always have, you know, um, out here in Oregon, as well as Barry's Bubble, you know, those are some great guys doing some great work out here. I mean, there's another, a lot of others I can mention, you know, but it's just awesome to see people sacrificing, you know, and taking discipline to make a great product. No doubt. Okay. So, uh, we're gonna see if anybody who is listening or tuned into the YouTube right now, if any of you guys want to call in and ask any questions, uh, the phone number to call in is 1-833-777-3227. That's 1-833-777-DABS. <laughs> Dabs. Yeah. Shout out to Mitchell for grabbing that number, man. He's he's a cool cat, that guy. Um, is there any other questions that you want to ask, Will? Uh not at the moment i can think of them i'll probably think of one in a in a bit here but you know okay touched, touched on I a lot of the good ones the ones i had in mind too i have uh one last cookie cutter question on my sheet um anthony what sort of advice would you give to anyone who's trying to get into your area of expertise in the cannabis industry i would just say don't give up you know you're going to take a lot of losses making hash, you know, and you're going to think that it doesn't get better or, you know, uh, you just got to keep pushing and keep striving and, you know, just manifest that product that you always wanted and it will come, you know, by the right resin. And I just say, you know, you know, hash is very special. And I feel like anyone that has a, passion to do it in an industry in a smaller big form go for it um you know just take the time and effort to do it the right way i would give advice on you know 
like you said, you know, Will was saying is, you know, you could grow a whole crop and if you wash it, you know, you're going to take a loss because you've never washed it before. Well, just make sure, you know, you take the proper procedures when you're growing the resin and uh, washing it, you know. No doubt, man. Caution. Use caution. Read up, kids. Read yeah, up. up, you know. Hit me on the Instagram, Northwest Rays. Spreading it, you know, it's, that's what it's all about, you guys. No doubt. That's I try to tell people, too, who are new that they should get on Instagram and follow some people because there's people out there who are really giving knowledge, not just a picture, you know what I mean, but a paragraph saying what's going on, and that helps so much, and it saves a lot of time and effort, and it can direct people to research in certain areas where normally they're just Googling something and looking at each forum where on IG, it's like, no, nah, that guy's doing what I'm talking about. And he's saying these phrases, I can look at that and figure out some more stuff. Yeah, and I I'm, I totally agree. I will say uh, I've studied Instagram for years. That's the platform, you know, for the industry, for a lot of industries, as I'm known, beer, for instance, now. But let's get back to the cannabis, you know. Um, I've followed many hash makers, you know, out there and looked up to them and kind of just reached out, you know, to a few and got the love back. So I feel like there is a community in the hash, you know, in this industry as far as um, I and little advice I would say is just don't hold back from asking, you know, like questions are important, you know, and we should all feel that we can be open enough to ask, you know, those on Instagram or, you know, in person, you know, don't be shy. That's all I can say, because I've asked a lot of questions, you know, um, in the last, you know, five years about hash and, you know, flour and growing. And all I can say is I just collected it all and I'm, I'm seeing benefits from it, you know, so definitely say, don't stop, just keep focused. Right on, dude. Right on. So a uh, question we have uh, next is what do you have coming up next on the table, like on the future? What's on your agenda? Are you are you going to go wreck and try to get a, a rec license for your extraction or? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the that's the big picture. I mean, in the near in the future, you know, uh, of course, finances, you know, and things of that sort. And, then, you know, it definitely takes a team to do that. But uh, right now, my main focus is to just, you know, keep washing hash, um, keep working hard, grinding hard, you know, and hoping I can get an opportunity, um, you know, to wash hash full time in the near future, you know, uh, locally. So that's just, you know, I'm just staying humble and working hard, you know, to get there. So. Yeah, dude, you definitely have a lot of knowledge on this part of the industry. I uh, wish we could have had you on the cultivation episode, too. We had Joshua Steensland on here. Right on. Um, I don't know if you follow him on IG, but he is no-till indoor. Yes. Dude. I and love he's, no-till. Yeah, and he he still does flower rosin, I think, on the medical side in Washington. like. He has a little home garden, but he's, uh, dude, I got to try some of his grease monkey flower rosin and it was fire, bro. Like I was oh, just yeah. totally impressed. Like, damn dude, like you smashed this out of the nugs. Like that's crazy. And oh, I just, yeah. he would post pics all the time. 
Like he'd have the little quarter ounce bags that he put in between the plates. And I don't know. I just thought he was cool for spreading knowledge like that too, you know? That's what it's all about, bro. You know, the community should be about teaching and helping others. You know, that's what the true love behind it should be and always will be for me, you know? No doubt. And like there was this one time I would watch his YouTube channel too. And he's no till indoor, right? Yeah. And so one time he went live wearing a Jungle Boys t-shirt. <laughs> and so it was like, dope. And someone in the comments was like, why is the biggest no till indoor guy supporting a t-shirt with the biggest hydro guys? And, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just responded like, he's not being a hater is what he's doing. You know what I mean? And he, he just kind of replied, like, thanks, you know, thanks, Petrelli82. But he's like, he said the same thing. He said, I'm trying to spread knowledge, and I respect anybody else who's on here trying to do the same thing. So he's like, that's what the hydroponic researcher does. That's what Jungle Boys do. It's like they're they're showing you a way to grow that's different, and they're providing all kinds of information on how to do it. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I thought I he was a cool great. cat. That's what it's all about right there. Yeah. Okay, so the next question we have, we don't want to stretch it too much further. We, we're we going to go till 9 if you're down to hang, A.O. Oh, I'm hanging, bro. Okay, so the next question we have is, what is A.O.'s preferred ingestion method, smoke, edible, or concentrate? I definitely prefer the, I mean, I prefer the flower. At the end of the day, I it helps my it helps my anxiety the most. I mean, I I just love the you know the ritual of it. You know what me I mean? Me too. Me too. You know, I love my bong. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Uh, if, but, if I gotta go out in public, I I gotta load a couple first, and then I I feel okay. It's like I, I can talk like, to people. Yeah, but you know, secondary, it's gotta be you know a nice rosin live rosin hit you know dab but it's definitely gonna be uh the bong man that's my best friend for sure word same nice clean bong and some good herb man well grown you know it's like definitely no doubt no doubt i'm looking at my sheet here i don't know how much else i have will do you have anything that you want to add or ask yeah. of air yeah say so uh, uh, at what point did you realize uh, when your your washing kind of like turned the corner? When you realized that you were, uh, you know, uh, getting a lot better at it, and and you know, getting to the point where you could, um, you know, start um, thinking about doing it, like you know, recreationally or, or more full time medically. Because so I know that for a while that you were. Uh, um, growing a lot, doing a lot of like sun grown in your backyard. And basically for, for a, a few years there, I just saw you washing pretty much all your crops. So, yeah. Um, so basically I, you know, I would say like I, you know, touched on earlier dry material. I just don't get the, you know, the end product that I ultimately am striving for in hash or rosin, you know, for the quality so once I start freezing, when I, when I started freezing my plants a few years ago, you know, I was new to it. I was like, you know, I'm going to go about it. I watched Hash Church, you know, reached out to a few people about how to go about it, you know, and I'm, when I first washed, um, 
my sunset sherbet i had uh i don't have the cut no longer unfortunately but i froze you know my whole crop uh and basically my stepdad would grow greenhouse you know in an outdoor full season and we would freeze it all you know um and i would freeze my you know small crop i would do myself and i just kind of try to manifest the most hash i could for you know, my head stashed that way. But once I watched that sunset sherbet in a fresh frozen method, I was blown away. You know, I mean, it was just white, you know, opaque hash, you know, greasy, like couldn't even microplane it, you know, or sieve it. It was just, I mean, it was like a good problem to have, you know, and I never had had that problem. And once I seen the resin in a, you know, in the rosin form, I was blown away. I mean, the color was like very translucent or transparent, you know, uh, and it was, just tasted phenomenal. I mean, I was just really humbled to, you know, to try something that I created that was so good after, you know, honestly, two years or a year, year and a half of just, you know, struggling, washing dry material, wondering why am I not receiving the you know, the high grade product that I'm seeing on Instagram or what I want, you know, what I'm ultimately trying to strive for. So, you know, there was times where I was like, man, is this, you know, really worth it? You know, but then at the end of the day, it it was totally worth it. You know, like I said, even having a small, you know, you know, say I wash a pound, you know, uh, and get a, you know, a quarter ounce of hash back. That's going to be the best quarter, you know, quarter ounce of hash or that jar is going to be so special no matter how much I washed, even though I took a loss financially or not, it's the medicine at the end of the day, you know, is what I really do it for. And I, and I did it for myself before anyone else, you know, it was more of a personal medicine. That was just something I really wanted to create and manifest myself, you know, and share it with others and, you know, get more of the review or feedback. It wasn't even, you know, about a dollar. It was more about just, you know, getting reviews, you know, and seeing if people liked my product and if it was worthy, you know, and I'm very humble to say that I can create something that I really enjoy and other people's enjoy too, you know, other people enjoy too. Yeah, dude, no doubt. Passion, bro, you know? Yeah, bro. We we just, at Left Coast, we just got a uh, concentrate of the month in Oregon leaf, you know, for May for the Kush cake, you know, live rosin sauce by bear rosin, you know, collabo uh, between us three, but that was really cool, you know, so humbled by that, man. It's just nice to get recognition by just working hard, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. dude. Hell yeah. Um, one of the other questions we have from uh, one of our tea guys is uh is there a certain strain that's your favorite and what growers I, I guess left coast for sure since you collaborate with them so often but what growers are your preferred in the wreck industry yeah yeah for sure so i would have to say definitely you know left coast you green uh geek farms you know they cultivate some great organic flowers you know uh, i agree that huckleberry yeah. diesel i got to try that the last time i was back in oregon bro that shit was fire dude the, the tlc's there you know what yeah I mean? uh, it's like both profiles the the huckleberry and the diesel it was like dude this is the bomb 
I'm yeah. like, who did this? He's like, Geek Farms. I'm like, word. Hell yeah. And my favorite strain, you know, since I'd say about six, seven years ago has been Dog Walker OG, you know, the Chem 4 um, times Albert Walker OG. I mean, by one eye, it's, it's something about that strain. I could smoke it every That's day. That's one of my favorite And I, I get the too. same effects, you know. I love gas. I love chem. I love OG. And that's just, that's just everything I need in a strain. I, I could smoke it every day, you know. So it's special to me, definitely. Yeah. Man, I want to try and get him on the show sometime, too, because I remember him from the garden store there on Interstate. Yeah. Yeah, Roots, he, Roots Garden Supply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah cool it's, cat. it's pretty My, awesome too. Yeah. Uh, one of the thing you didn't uh, that I never noticed was uh, I, I've gotten a lot of quite a few garden supply things from there for for the time I tried to to grow four rec plants and also for uh, just the my vegetable garden in the front, but. Uh, the the receipts like if um if rich checks you out uh the receipts the bottom of the receipts he prints says one eye so uh, it's pretty it's pretty funny you can i think that's pretty get cool. a little hint there yeah i think that's pretty cool man i mean i give thanks every day that you know he created that and scooby snacks that's my number two Oh yeah, I mean, Scooby Snacks is hell crazy. yeah, Nothing, dude. Nothing's touching those two for me, bro. Like, I mean, I love and appreciate a lot of strains. Kush uh, Cake is probably in my top five, definitely now. Uh, I gotta try that, bro. Like What's that. the cross on that? Uh, that's gonna be the Kush uh, Mints number eleven times Wedding Cake by Seed Junkies. That's who read it. Damn, dude. That sounds up your alley, John. Sounds yeah, good. bro. It's got that, it's heavy, got heavy, that hitting, hitting, heavy hitting shit. OG. Damn. OG. So does Left Coast have those flowers on the shelf in places in Oregon too, or is it just the hash? Yeah. No, no, we got the rosin in, we got the flowers, so you could find it in Salem, uh, where I'm at at Truth Dispensary off Lancaster. Um, Dude, or, are, or, or, are you guys you, open on Sundays? We're open seven days a week, 365 a year, 8 a.m., 10 p.m. Come check us out. We got some of the best options. Our variety is off the hook. We got right. it all, definitely. I fly into Eugene too, dude, and then I drive up to Portland with the rental, so I can just stop in there and make Well, you that need move, to definitely dude. hit me up so you can stop so we can make an arrangement and maybe meet up as well. And I yeah. No doubt, dude. I'm I'm I got your number. I'm definitely gonna do that. I, I gotta renew my card next time I'm in town too. Yeah, most definitely I just, just it's not up, the right? same. It's not the same down here, bro. In Arizona it's dude like well, when you come out here i'll make sure you're blessed and you're taken care of thanks man i appreciate it um we're getting close to the five minute mark folks is there anything else that you want to ask or add to the conversation will terps yeah i got one more question all right so what is uh basically what's the difference now between um with uh you know a lot of hash makers are doing this freeze drying method um, you know, where they have a nice freeze dryer and, you know, can basically, I, I guess it's cutting down the, the cure or the, the dry time. Uh, but I'm, uh, you know, for a while it was, you know, you, you scoop the hash out of the bags and then you, you microplaned it or you sieved it and then you put it on drying racks, you know, whether that be in, in a pizza box or like, you know, yep. um, oven racks. Baking and, trays. Uh, yeah. Baking trays. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so what are the, 
basically I'm asking, what are the benefits to the, to the freeze dryer now? Is it is it an increase in quality too, or is it just the cutting down the dry time? Honestly, it definitely, uh, first and foremost, like I said, it's production, it's cutting down the dry time, it's saving labor, it's saving, uh, it's saving lost hash at the end of the day, you know. Uh, when you go to microplane and sieve, you're always going to lose some hash, whether it's on your gloves or your fingers or... Uh, you know, in the on the microplaner itself. But on top of that, I want to definitely say when I use a freeze dryer compared to air dry, for some reason, the color even lightens. So mm. overnight, overnight in the freeze dryer, it I mean, I understand it pulls all the moisture. So I feel like that is where the color change comes. And it kind of really lightens up even more to a lighter shade, you know. Um, but First and foremost, I'll say that the the freeze dryer is amazing. I mean, you're like I said, as hash makers, we're already working really hard in that lab and trying to make good hash and lifting, you know, a lot. So being able to not have to microplane and sieve is so much more streamlined, you know. So it just makes things so much that much easier, and you're it's more cost effective. So you're saving a lot more money by not losing hash, you know. Because every gram of hash is so important, you know, and expensive, you know, if, especially if we're sacrificing and it's a small yield on a, a test, you know, you know, or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent question, Will. Excellent question. Yeah, that was great, man. And I and uh, let me touch on the air dry. You know, that's what we've all known. That's the old fashioned, the original way. I still appreciate air dry. And that's what I do for my personal head stash, I mean, you know, until I, you know, purchase one, you know, if I do plan on it, but, um, I feel like it's just for the volume of material you're washing. If you're not washing a lot, there's no need to my, I feel my rosin when it's air dried is just as good as a freeze dried rosin. Personally, I don't see much of a difference. You know, of course I haven't done side by sides because I don't grow those strains at left coast, but I definitely feel like, they're both quality at the end of the day. They just got to be dried in a proper environment. Nice. Nice. Okay. So I guess we got about two minutes left. Aaron is, or Anthony, is there anything that you want to add before you go? Is there any sort of concepts or projects you got coming up? Are you entering any competitions? Is there uh, what do you want to let the folks know well, about? And then, also plug your IG and any other social media too. Yeah. So I definitely just want to let people know, you know, for left coast, as far as if you're in Oregon, uh, left coast farms and bear rosin and myself, uh, we got some Mac sauce, rosin sauce and batter coming. And we also have some, uh, Kush cake, I believe sauce and batter as well, as well as we just started doing, uh, solventless cartridges. No, you know, nothing cut. It's all the raw, rosin itself we got it into a consistency that it fits in the pin so i definitely recommend checking those out um you can purchase the products in salem uh if you're in salem at truth dispensary on lancaster like i said or Herbal remedies uh of course portland at treehouse uh treehouse collective, collective. yeah yep. right uh, on alberta right out there and americana you know Sandy, definitely has got our product so Definitely, we're just going to keep working hard and hopefully get some new strains out here in the. Um, but def definitely just follow my Instagram at nwraised, 
um, and at Left Coast Farms and at Bear Rosin to check out, you know, what's coming up next. Definitely. I definitely keep everyone updated on there. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show, Anthony. Um, Absolutely, man. Really just a, a wealth of knowledge, dude. Thank you for articulating that on our podcast. Uh, it means a lot. Um, hey, I give yeah. thanks, man. I appreciate the opportunity, guys. This is awesome. You know, this is the first time doing any type of podcast, and uh, I'm definitely humbled by it. So I appreciate everything, guys. Give thanks. Th- Thanks, dude. Absolutely, um, man. I'll hit Appreciate you up the you. next time I slide to Oregon, too. Oh, Shout out to Will do, for, for hooking that up, man. Absolutely. Please do. Maybe me, you, and Will can grab lunch, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hell Sounds yeah. Great. You All know right. It. So I'm going to do my outro, folks. We got to give a shout out to Anthony O'Bannon from Single Source, WPFF Hash Rosin. He's an OLCC license extractor for Left Coast Farms. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to my co-host, Will Terps. He should be returning to Oregon in a few weeks. Look out for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also got to give a shout-out to my guys in production, Mitchell Wilson and Jesse Curry. This yeah. has been a Main Node and Joseph Street Enterprise production.